Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. Glad you are here. We're here trusting in God and He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love. Amen. We're privileged to have a guest speaker uh, from Golden, uh, Colorado, from Golden Church of the Nazarene, Reverend Sherry Palmer. She's here with her husband, David. They're right here. Can we welcome him? Thank you, Pastor Palmer. She's going to be ministering the word to us this evening. Let's stand this evening. Isaiah chapter 40, a very familiar passage. He says, the Lord is an everlasting God. He will not grow tired or weary. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power, increases the power of the, of the weak. He says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And we believe that this evening. Father, what a victorious anthem. Yes. To know that there is nothing that can separate us from you. Not this life, not that death thing that's hanging around out there. <laughs> Nothing can separate us from you. Lord, tonight, remind us of your power. Remind us of your strength. Remind us of your presence in our lives. That we would not just be people who study the word, but people who know your heart. And that it would change us in some way, Father. Don't let us leave here tonight without being changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening. How are you guys this evening? Good. Well, um, I want to thank Jonathan for um, asking me to come and speak to you this evening. And I do believe that I have a word that God has given me for you. I, I want to start out um, in the book of John tonight. We're going to skip around a few places. But I want to start in John chapter 14. <clears throat> Jesus had these men that he um, did life with, you know. We call them the disciples. This group of people that he formed and shaped and mentored and hung out with and lived with. And when his time on earth was ending, he had a meal with them. They ate together. And then he begins in John chapter 14, this, this three-chapter discourse about life without him. Now, this is what you can expect. You can expect that the world will hate you. Do you know why they'll hate you? Because they hate me. You can expect that things won't be easy. You can expect that I'm going to leave you. And you can expect that I will send a helper. I will give you a guide. I will give you a comforter. A word that is translated paraclete, the word, it has so many different meanings that it's very difficult to translate. Now, don't ask the Greek professor, because he may contradict me. No? You won't? Oh, good, good. I studied that part. I really did. So he, he gathers with these confidants, 
these men that he has raised up, these ordinary people that he has, in a sense, taken under his wing, and he talks to them about what is coming. And I'd like to start in verse 15 of chapter 14, and I want to read till the very end of the chapter. Now, I know you sit in class and, and you read the Bible a lot, but this is not the only passage of Scripture we're going to read tonight. I just want to, want to warn you right up front. If you would like to read, if you have your Bible and you'd like to start reading at verse 15, please feel free to do that. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. And do you guys ever wonder about the disciples? I mean, you think they were kind of clueless? Is, is that a fair word to say, clueless? And I look at this passage, you know, before he gets into this in verse 15, um, he talks about how he's going away and he'll come again and all of that stuff. And, and um, Thomas pipes up and, and goes, well, but if we don't know where you're going, how can we follow you? I mean, he's at the very end of his journey on earth and they still are not getting it. They still don't understand. They still don't get that he's going to die. They still don't get his kingdom. They're still sitting there clueless. And I want to be really hard on them. I want to say, my goodness, people, wake up. This is the Christ for Pete's sake. But you know what? I'd be the same exact way. I am the same exact way. You see, because I would speculate, and, and I'm speaking for myself here. I, I, I tend to think I'm speaking for you too. 
that I don't always live by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. That when I have trouble paying bills, I forget the words to that song that we just sang. I forget them very quickly. Or maybe I don't forget them, but I just don't care that he's conquered death because I got a bill that needs to be paid. Jesus was offering them a great gift, this truth that he revealed to them, and they're sitting there going, huh? What? How will we get to what? And I remember very clearly, a little over two years ago, my husband and I were living in Texas and we were both on staff at a church and um, God made it very clear to me that it was time for me to stop being an associate. I don't like that very much, but it was time and, and so we interviewed and, and God called us to Colorado and I remember a little over two years ago packing up everything we loved into a moving truck. Have you been there? I would imagine if you're sitting right here today, you've been there. And, and we packed all of our possessions up and we packed our, our kids up that were at the time six and three and we hit the road to move to Colorado. And we stopped on the way in Oklahoma, stayed with some family, you know, tried to really make it a two or three day trip, really an adventure for the children. And, and then we, we got to Colby, Kansas. You know, Colby's interesting, isn't it? It's like, what do you do about Kansas? I mean, there's just, no way there, there's no way around it, you know? But then all of a sudden, you, there's this city, like in the middle of nowhere. So we, we pull off for the night and we stay in Colby because we know that the next day we've got like a three or four hour journey tops, the, the easiest day. And we, you know, we're sitting there having pizza and we turn on the news and of course, what's happening the next day? Oh, big, big winter storm is going to move in about 10 o'clock in the morning. So we get up early the next day, you know, seven, eight o'clock, we thaw out the, the vehicles and we get going. And we'd been on the road maybe 30 minutes. And we ran into a fog like I have never seen in my life. We beat the snow and ice, we beat it. But that fog was so intense, I could not see. I, I literally could not see in front of me. I couldn't, I didn't know who was behind me. I didn't know what was beside me. I'm driving white knuckled with my kids in the back watching DVDs. My husband's in front of me somewhere driving a movie, moving truck with a car on the back of it. I mean, you think of a dangerous situation, you know? And I'm white knuckled on that steering wheel and I'm, I'm driving, I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna run into him any second. I can't see him, I don't know where he is, I don't know how fast I should go, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be on top of him and I'm not even gonna realize it. And so, panicking, I, I turn on my speakerphone and I call my husband David and I say, man, what do I do? And he says, very calmly, you know, husbands do that, don't they? Just very calmly. <laughs> you gotta pat yourself on the back, right? Okay. <clears throat> Sherry? You, you need to keep driving until you see my taillights. There are taillights on the back of that trailer that's, that's hauling our car. You drive through that fog. You keep driving until you see those taillights. And I promise you that once you see those taillights, I will get us out of this fog. I promise you that I will lead you out of this fog. 
and white-knuckled, scared to death. I'm driving, I'm driving, and all of a sudden I see those beautiful little red tails. Sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know? Now, it sounds cheesy. I'll be the first to admit it. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. That the Holy Spirit, this helper that he's telling them about, he is the guide through our lives. And, and you, may not, you may not drive through fog, but you may feel right now like your life's a fog. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get through tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to pass that test. I don't know how I'm going to take care of work and my family. I don't know where the money's going to come from to eat. Or even worse, maybe you're graduating. And you're sitting here going, when do I send out resumes? Who do I send them to? Am I willing to move here, there, everywhere? And you're living in a fog, and you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. When I packed everything I loved into that truck, I was so uncertain of so many things. But you know what I knew for sure? That I had heard the voice of God call me to Golden, Colorado. I knew that for certain. He is your helper. He is your guide. He is your confidant. He is that one that gives you discernment and wisdom. He is the one that will lead you out of this fog. <laughs> and and if, you, if you're wondering if that's true, I encourage you to look back on your life. Because if you're sitting here today, it's because he led you here. You didn't come here by chance or accident or fate or destiny or any of that silly stuff people talk about. He led you to come here, right? And prepare for ministry to serve him. He's not going to leave you now. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Because I want us to take a good look at the before. So we have these men, we have these weak men. I, you know, weak, it sounds so harsh, because I am them. I don't know if I want to think of myself as weak. But we have these men who don't quite get it. Is that a fair way to say it? Is that kind of a kind, kinder, gentler way to say it? And now let's look at Acts chapter 4. Let me get there. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caphias, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, 
rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which he must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Amen. Would you have ever expected the yahoos sitting around Jesus at the Last Supper to do something like this. Do you know what the difference is? The power of the Holy Spirit. They were unschooled, ordinary men. Now, I know that doesn't make you feel real good that you've already invested so much money into a degree, but they were unschooled, ordinary men. And the Sanhedrin, the big religious people, the powerful people in society, they stood up and said, hmm, whatever. Later on in this same passage, Peter says, so do you think we should listen to you instead of God? when you tell us to stop doing this? You think we should listen to you instead of him? They were, they were scared little men who scattered at the crucifixion. They were out of there, they were gone, they were nowhere to be found. And the Spirit comes into their lives at Pentecost and all of a sudden, they can do anything. The power of the Holy Spirit. They were unschooled, ordinary men. But those religious leaders, those guys in the fancy robes that were all pressed and neat, that knew their scripture backwards and forwards, they could tell that they had been with Jesus. There is no substitute for that. There is no course that's good enough. There is no grade that is high enough to take the place of you being with Jesus. Amen. Have you been with him? Do you know him? Do you trust him? When we, um, when we got to about Aurora, Colorado on our journey here, the fog had been long gone. And we got to about Aurora, and the sun was out, and you could see the beautiful mountains, and it was, it was, it was like, man, coming from Texas, I can't believe we get to live here, you know? <laughs> and I called a friend of mine who's, who's been a great mentor in my life, and she's been a female pastor, and um, she teaches, she's an adjunct professor at Southern Nazarene University, and I, I called her and I said, what if I can't do this? The fog was long gone, you know. White-knuckled, scared, panicky. I said, what if I can't do this? You know, things were so good at the interview and it really seemed like we meshed, but, well, I mean, when, when we get there, what if they don't like me? What if I don't like them? <laughs> well, I hate to tell you people, but you still have to pastor them. I mean, that, that's, that's just the truth of it. What if I fail? 
What if I have put everything I loved into a moving truck and uprooted my children and left friends far behind and taken a, a cut in pay and I fail? What if I thought I heard God's voice and it hurts? Or what if I did hear God's voice and it hurts? Do you understand the difference between those two statements? Because God doesn't always call us to a place of comfort. I would suggest that he rarely calls us to a place of comfort. And she said to me, Sherry, if you know you heard his voice, if you know he called you, then you go. I don't know what you're looking at right now. I don't know if you're trying to find a job. I don't know if you're thinking about future ministry. Maybe you're just so um, overwhelmed by today that that's all you can see. If God calls you, you go. And you do not go empty-handed. You do not go alone. You do not go powerless. If you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the power of God exists within you. Did you know that? Yes. The power of the Holy Spirit fills you on a daily basis. And if you have that, then you can stand before anyone and proclaim his name and know that you are doing what he calls you to do. <laughs> Be an unschooled, ordinary man. Do it for him. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fill you. Be encouraged in knowing that he is with you. Amen. I want to thank you for um, letting me be with you because it blesses me. It fills me. It encourages me to be with you guys. Let's pray. <clears throat> God, um, even as I was thinking about this message even today, I couldn't help but feel that I don't always believe what I preach. Maybe I believe it, but I don't live like I believe it. I don't trust you. I don't... I don't live as a person who has the power of your spirit in my life. And I want to. I want to. I pray for each individual here that they would be reminded of that counselor, that helper, that advocate that resides within them. I pray that you'd give them power. I pray that you'd give them strength. I pray that you'd give them assurance. I pray that you'd give them peace to do what you have called them to do. And their unique situation today, would you meet them and remind them of who you are? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Let's all stand as we... <clears throat> No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. 
till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, 